So over the last uh, eight weeks, we've been going through this series called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and today we're going to bring that to a conclusion. You know, it's really amazing to me, you know, where we've been, and if you've tracked with us through this series, you know that I have been through this. Now this is my fourth time, and I, I feel like I'm still just scratching the surface. One of the beautiful things about following Jesus is that he receives us right where we are. If you're here today and trying to even just figure out what it means to follow Jesus, we're going to try to make that as clear as we can. But Jesus receives you right where you are. And the wonderful thing is he never leaves us where we are. Uh, the scriptures tell us that he's begun a good work in us and he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so we're going to press through and hopefully bring this to put a little bow on this, but we're not done. Uh, because we're finished today, doesn't, the, the series today doesn't mean that we're done. We're, we're just beginning, really. Um, you know, the kids, to me, as you guys know, they're my heart. This, that, to me, is the first ministry of this church, to, to see the next generation brought up. Um, you know, I, I, I know what I'm about to say. Some of you may have different views on this, but tomorrow is Halloween. And, uh, you know, some people say, well, I'll do nothing with Halloween because that's the devil's day. And I'm like, I don't give a day to the devil. Every single day belongs to the Lord, and we redeem every day. Every day belongs to Jesus. And so you're going to have people knocking on your door, little kids coming by dressed in cute outfits. And, and you might say, well, I'm going to turn off my light and not bless them, but I'm going to bless the kids that come to my home. Actually, I'm going to take my, daughter, my granddaughter out. We'll, we'll leave that to Jasmine. But what we always do, yes, we provide a little candy for the kids and let them have a good time but we also always pass on to them a little a little track that tells them something about Jesus uh, I, I, we have several of these at the welcome desk grab as many as you would like they have the church information on the back as well so it's it's also an invitation for people to come out and see what's happening here at Haven so make sure you grab those before you leave today so we're going to keep pressing forward you know as we have uh, over the last eight weeks, again, gone through this whole course on emotionally healthy spirituality. The premise has been that you cannot grow to spiritual maturity while remaining emotionally immature. I'm sure we've all encountered people who say that they're Christians, but their behavior is like, like a child. And it may well be that they're just beginning the journey, or that they perhaps hit some wall and never progressed. They've never pushed in through emotional maturity. They've remained as kids. And so they don't mature as believers. And yet, as we said just a second ago, you know, God began this good work in you. And his desire is to carry it on to completion. And the only thing that hinders that is us. We, we hinder that. We hinder that. Uh, so, so if you have been blessed by this series, if God has worked in you and is, you're seeing him transforming you from the inside out, I would ask that you might be willing to, to tell us about that in two ways. One, uh, today, if, when you, before you leave, you could complete that communication card and tell us what, what, what has been beneficial for you. Uh, give us some feedback. What has helped? Anything that you would perhaps uh, consider to do differently. Uh, we're considering doing the part two of this next year, but we want to hear back from you guys as well. Uh, the second way that you could participate is by 
uh, participating in, in our annual Thanksgiving testimony service. And that's uh, on the 27th of this, of, uh, this month. Oh, next month. That's, that's, that's uh, November. We're still in October. We're one more day. Uh, but, but if you could just mark your communication card. I've got a testimony. I want to I share uh, a praise, a thanksgiving for what God has done in me. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Again, the thesis of this uh, course has been, I, I need to grow emotionally if I'm going to mature spiritually. We've talked about knowing ourselves you know, in order to know God. And we, we saw that in the life of David. Going back in order to go forward, we saw that in the life of Joseph. We've talked about uh, continually growing in, in, in pressing through those walls that, that we hit in life. And, and to understand that if, if we don't press through those walls, we cannot mature. Uh, I shared with you guys that I, I was even unaware of that wall of grieving my mother's loss. I, I thought I was doing okay, and then I stopped to think about it. I was like, no, no, I, I really need to, to press in and ask God to show me how to do this well. Uh, that, that we discover rhythms of being with God daily through the day and practicing a Sabbath. And last week we talked about the importance of growing into an emotionally mature adult. And today as we bring this series to a close, we're going to talk about what's called the rule of life. Developing a rule of life. Uh, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 42. If you're able, could we stand for the reading of God's word? Are you hearing me okay, Miss Francis? Very good. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The word of the Lord. God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this picture of the early church, Lord, that is such a, a model for us today to emulate. I pray today as we bring this series to a conclusion and we, we speak of having a, a, a personal rule of life, a pattern by which we choose to live, that you'd use this, God, uh, Lord, to draw us close to you. Uh, Father, that you would work in us, uh, Lord, only what you can do and the transformation of our hearts. Speak now by your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, as we, again, have pressed through this series, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I know for myself, uh, it's, been, um, it's brought to a level of awareness the reality that God's not done with me, that, that he's still working. And, and that's a good thing. You know, one of the things we talked about last week was that uh, when we find ourselves reacting to a person or a situation, it, it really says more about us than it says about that person or that situation. It's easy to get mad at people, to get mad at situations, to, 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 to be reactive and, 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 and not say, God, what's happening in me? 
What's going on inside of me? I'm recognizing that I need a retreat. I need to get away and say, God, search me out. I try to do this day by day, and we're going to talk a little bit in a second about the importance of this thing called a rule of life. But I know my flesh, my sin nature is resistant to the things God wants to do. My fallen flesh does not want to do the things God wants to do. But I am being, I've been rejuvenated. You've been rejuvenated. God's Spirit lives in you. And by His Spirit, everything that God says that He has for us, we can do because of what He does in us. It's, it's, it's our fears that make us possessive. We want to twist God's arm in prayer uh, that He would do our will. And what we're learning more and more is that, no, we submit ourselves to his will. We, we live in a, a, a culture that is very individualistic. It, it's, it's my needs. It's what I want. Uh, and then we've, we, we move as a culture from those exclusive claims of Christ to a combination of anything that goes. And what we have been learning, two key things in particular through this series, is that there's an importance for me to have a, a set time of being with God every single day. And, and, and we need to, to receive that gift of the Sabbath where I stop, I rest, I delight, I contemplate. And to, to, to do this every seven days just to say, this is your day, God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving this day to you. It's a gift. It helps us to refocus our lives. The third key treasure that I want to talk about today is this rule of life. It's, uh, we're talking here about a, a structure in our life that will guard our hearts, that will stay in God's presence, that we will learn to pay attention to God. And I would say that few of us have a really conscious plan on how we do this. Yeah, I know most of us, we sort of have an unconscious plan. We, we, we're here at church on Sundays. We're, hopefully most of us are now part of a, a life group, a gathering together. I think that's very important. So, so, so what are we talking about when we say a rule of life? What we're talking about is a set of conscious guidelines that keep, help us keep God at the center of everything that we do. A, a written set of conscious guidelines that help us keep God at the center of what we do. And the goal of all of this is this ongoing, continual remembrance of God, that he's there, he's present. Some of you are familiar with the, the classic, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. And here was a friar, a cook, a, a, a man in a monastery who was, by the world standard, a nobody. But he discovered the beauty and the benefit of continually practicing the presence of God. Now, this does not come naturally for any of us. I, I, I would put it, you know, I was sharing with a number of people even today that maybe this is a, a temperament thing. Maybe it's a wiring thing. But I know for myself, if I don't do this, my life flounders. I kind of go all over the place. I find myself drawn and attracted to things that really don't matter. I find myself just sort of drifting through life. And 
I know for me, and maybe this is just for me, I hope it's for all of us. I know for me, I need to have those boundaries that say, keep God right at the center. Let's focus on God. So, so you know, I, much of what I'm talking about today, you will get later in the week as you're in your groups, as you watch the, the video. If you're reading the book, and I really hope that you do read through Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, you'll see some of these same concepts talked about. I have gained so much as I've been through this so many times. But, but the word rule, sometimes we hear rule and we think, ah, you know, Pastor Brian, I've heard you talk about living out the Christian life. It's not about rules. It's about a relationship, and absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. But, but the relationship with the Lord doesn't mean that we just abandon any sort of structure in our lives. That's not what it means. So you need to know that our leadership team right now, we are progressing through what we call the Vine Project. It is a, uh, our desire that this culture in our church would be one where we are truly making disciples. And it's based on a book called The Trellis and the vine. Anybody know what a trellis is? I think we've got an image of a trellis. A trellis is designed to a structure, if you will, on which a vine can grow. I'm no, I know nothing about planting or gardening or anything like that, but I've seen vineyards. And they all have trellises. They have a structure. And some, the danger sometimes is that we focus on the structure and we have all these programs and all these kinds of things. And we forget the purpose, which is the vine itself. So I, I want to be careful that everything we talk about today is not about just creating a trellis. When we speak of a rule, that's what we're talking about, a trellis. It's a structure that helps us ultimately become the kinds of people that God has designed us to be. That we are branches to the vine, the Lord Jesus but the vine and we, the branches, we need structure in our life if we're going to be growing. It doesn't happen by itself. And so this is what we're saying when we say a rule of life. We're really talking about a framework, a structure, a lattice work, if you will. A tool that helps the grapevine become a fruitful, rich, and full. Jesus again says, you are the branches, I am the vine. And so we establish structure in our lives so that we can abide in Christ and so that we can bear fruit. You, you've heard me say this almost weekly these days. But ultimately, if we are to look like Jesus, we ought to be bearing fruit that look like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. These are described as the fruit of the Spirit. If we're following the Lord, this is what's going to happen. So, so how, how do we establish this? Look, look again at Acts 2.42. The disciples devoted themselves to the apostles teacher teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer you know that's that's such a, a powerful word they devoted themselves uh, most of us are familiar with acts 2 we know what's happening here the the uh, god the holy spirit has descended on his church there's a, a great turning, a, a movement uh, of God in human history at this point. There's the establishment of this, the first church. The, the people of, of God, for the first time, are filled now with the Holy Spirit. In a single day, 3,000 people come to the Lord. 
And the church's life is described as people who are devoted. They're devoted to... Oh, I just love you, Adam. Adam Adam is always asking the questions that all of us are asking. What does it mean to be devoted? It means that when you're devoted to something, all your heart and all your passion is focused on that thing. And they were devoted to these things. To It says, again, let me read those words. The apostles' teaching. They want to learn what the scriptures were saying. To fellowship, to being with one another to the breaking of bread, to having meals together, to praying with one another. They were devoted to this. They were focused on it. This was their heart. This was the most important thing to them. And so they are learning. They're having the Lord's Supper. They're worshiping in homes and, and in gathering of people. There's, there's thanksgiving. There's dependence upon Jesus. There's humility. There's, there's worship. They're placing limits on themselves too, because each of us can only do so much, right? Uh, jump ahead to the next chapter, uh, chapter 3. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. So apparently there was such structure in their life that they knew that this was the time to pray. This is what we called, what, the daily office. Remember we talked about this. The work of the Christian. The the, the most important work we have is to do the will of the Father. And so we learn what it means to do this. Psalm 27, 4, David says this, One thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, one thing, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. One thing. Uh, Paul writes about this in Philippians. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and pressing on toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. One thing. One thing. But we are, as, as a culture, again, scattered. We've got lots of things going on. We've got too many things going on. You know, the, the feedback we've got from many of our groups as, as we're even thinking about something like, what prevents us from taking a 24-hour period of resting and, and stopping and delighting and contemplating? It is busyness. Busyness with what? Stuff. <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we really stop and think about all the things that keep us away from the Lord, it's just stuff. Stuff that doesn't matter. Th- stuff, stuff that's ultimately going to burn up, right? Stuff that's not going to have any eternal value. And, and so how do we get around this? How, how do we reset our entire life to God? How, how do we do this? One of the things I am personally working on right now, uh, the Lord has spoken to me about this in my own life actually years ago, and, and his, during this season as we we're going through these eight weeks has reminded me of this, that, that physical rest is a spiritual issue. That if I don't take care of my body, if I don't get proper rest, it affects my mood, how I react to people. I, I, I become easily triggered. I get upset easily, all those kinds of things. And if I'm going to be emotionally mature, that I might become spiritually mature, I've got to take care of this thing called rest. And so one of the things I'm doing right now is trying to reset my circadian rhythm. Going to bed at the same time, rising at the same time. I'm working on that. And likewise, with just the, the, the spiritual life, we've got to do some things intentionally to center ourselves on God. 
So me getting rest is just a means to a much higher end. It's, I want God, I want you to be in my everything, in every part of my life, my waking, my sleeping, my coming, my going. And this is what we're talking about today when we speak of a rule of life. It's, it's a new way of being. It helps me pay attention to God. It helps me to understand what's in my own heart. Structure serves me to live for God's presence. Okay, so we just had a group that went through our growth track. We'll, we'll be planning for that again in the near future. If, you, if you're sensing this is your church home and you've not been through a growth track, mark that on your communication card. We, we oftentimes will present a growth track as the need arises. But if, if, if you've not gone through that, uh, I, I encourage you to do so. Uh, we just had four people that completed our, our growth track. We'll be praying over those uh, next Sunday. But one of the things that we talk about as members of Haven Community Church is that, you know, there's several things that we say, but, you know, th- there's a leadership structure that we want to, to, to honor and to submit to. There's small groups. There's, there's involvement in, uh, in understanding and knowing your spiritual gifts and giving those back to God. There, there's supporting the church financially. There's taking one step to, to move towards Christ. And one thing I, I thought about this morning was w- we ought to add to that we should all develop a rule of life. How do I live out this thing called the Christian journey? Okay, so I know I've been teasing a lot, so let, let, let's talk about this again. <laughs> so, so this rule of life, remember, as I said, it, it's a set of conscious guidelines to help us keep God at the center of everything that we do. It's our understanding, our unique combination of our spiritual gifts, our personality, uh, who we are to help provide a structure for direction, for growth in our lives. It's a pattern of, of those daily actions we choose that will help us to intentionally pay attention to remember God in everything that we do. And my rule of life is going to look different from yours. But I, I, I want to share with you, again, some of the things that, that uh, Pete Scazzera talks about in Emotionally Healthy spirituality. I'm going to kind of highlight some of what he said, and then I'm going to talk to you about how I've done this in the past. So, so the goal, again, is that continual remembrance of God. We want to keep God before us. It's, it's going to be for you a, a, a working progress, a continually changing document for yourself. It's, it's, a, it's what we call a living document, if, you, if we will. That, that's what it's going to be for you. So, so let's talk about four key areas of developing a rule of life. Something that will help us to continually focus on God. Uh, the first, as you may well imagine, is prayer. <laughs> prayer. And that would include scripture, and we've been talking about silence and solitude, being alone with God, listening to the voice of God, learning what it means to hear the voice of Jesus, that daily office, that set time that I put aside for God. It's the study of God's word. You know, a lot of people, when they think of prayer, they don't think of study. But, but you know, in addition to, to knowing what God's Word says on its surface, to go deeper and to, to ask God to show you more, uh, to, to, to take that Word of God and say, God, don't just to show me what it says, but tell me what to do with it as I apply God's Word to my life. 
A rule of life, uh, Skazira says, should include rest. You know, that, that Sabbath that we've talked about and, and that simplicity of life where, where we're not trying to, to busy ourselves with too much. I, I don't know about you, but anybody found that that sort of easing off of all the busyness of life has been a blessing for you? Simplicity, it's a wonderful thing. Play and recreation, I've, I've always been big on this. <laughs> Yeah. So it's one of the reasons during this COVID season I got myself a motorcycle to hang out with some of these other motorcycles. But finding those things that you enjoy in your life and finding people that you can enjoy those things with you. Recreation. Activity. Serving. How do we serve people? How do we ensure that we stay on mission? Because the Christian life is not just about rest and relaxation. It is about making sure that we are staying on mission, that we are serving those around us. That we are staying active in, in caring for the physical body, exercise and those kinds of things. And then the fourth area that he speaks of is relationships. Emotional health, we've talked about that. Your own family, spending time with your family. Being connected with others in community. That's been a high value for, the, for us here at, at Haven. And, and so again... And all the things that we've been talking about here today, this, is a little, this message is a little different from any other message we're, we're preaching. All, all, all we're trying to do is, again, put a bow around what we've been talking about. Because if I say that I want to be emotionally healthy, I need to have structure in my life. So when I was about 28, 29 years old, and I was first introduced to this concept... I'm, again, going to share with you what, what, what I've done in my life. And it's going to look different for you. It's going to look different for you. But I want to encourage you to, to take to heart what I'm saying. I was about 28, 29 years old. I'm new in Christ. I was, I, I'd come to faith at age 26. I took a Saturday morning. and just went off to my business office. Nobody was there. I blocked off the day. And I just started saying, God, show me what it is that you want me to place a value on. What are those things that are key in my life? And what I'm sharing with you, I have described as my governing values. What I'm about to tell you here, I, I, every Monday on my Sabbath, I take time to review this. I've tweaked it over the years but it has essentially helped me to focus on God day in and day out. So, so let me walk you through some of what I've done. And, and it might look different for you. But I, I, I put it to you. That if you cannot articulate your own values. What you say is important to you. You're going to flounder. You're going to go with whichever way the wind blows. You have to be able to say these things are important to me. And I'm not saying my things are important to you. Although some of them I would say absolutely yes. But you have to know what's important to you. If you're, if you're making plans for life and you don't know what's important to you, you're just going to be all over the place. So I sat before the Lord. I, I quieted myself and said, Lord, show me me. And the first thing he said to me is, and let me say, tell you, by the way, each of these statements that I have are written out as what we call a positive affirmation. It's as is, if it is done. And the reason I do it that way is because there are certain aspects of me and of you that that's how God sees us. You, you know, you, you, Jesus sees you as glorified. 
Jesus sees you as perfectly sinless, right? You are his beloved, and I am too. And so when, when, when God describes us that way, he speaks to identity, who you are. And when we start to embrace that, then we start to live according to it. And so likewise, what I have done, I have written out these statements on my governing values, my rule of life, as if it's done. Because when I review this each week, I have to say, well, Brian, you said this was the case. You know, your life isn't matching it up. It creates a little bit of what the psychologists call a cognitive dissonance. And you start going, oh, well, I got to readjust. And the Christian life is like that. We don't arrive. There ought to be something that is pressing us more and more into this love relationship with Jesus Christ. That we're saying, I want my life to look like it. So, so let, let me, again, share some of what I've written down. This may be helpful to you, but you've got to go through this process if you're going to create a rule of life. You've got to live according to it. And so here, here's how mine starts. I love God. That's my first statement. I love God. And then I have some bullets that match up to each of these. So, so, so when, I, when I say I love God, what, what does that mean? God is my first priority. I seek him daily in prayer and in his word. I enjoy a weekly Sabbath. I take a day alone to be with God quarterly. I take an annual week-long spiritual retreat. I listen to the voice of the Spirit and willingly obey him. I memorize God's word. That's, for me, some of, some of what it means for me to say I love God. No, there's obviously a whole lot more to this, right? But I write it out as if it's a done deal. So when I look back at myself over the last week and I'm saying, Brian, you said you love God, but you haven't spent any time with him. So I forgot, God, forgive me. I will love you. I love God. I love my family. I serve Maria in all things. I'm willing to give my life for her. I lovingly lead Maria to follow Christ. I pray for Maria, Matthew, Jasmine, and Ava, and Lauren each day. I spend quality time with Maria, Matthew, Jasmine, and Ava, and Lauren weekly. I help Matthew, Jasmine, and Lauren discover who God has made them to be. I am patient with Matthew, Jasmine, and Lauren. My love for my family is unconditional. I'm smiling because I know some of you know this story. But when I first did this, actually, it was a while back, but I was sharing this with my son as I was trying to help him to discover his own values and his own rule of life. And I said... <laughs> I read the words, I am patient with Matthew, Jasmine, and Lord. My son looks at me and goes, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so, so I'm saying to you folks that, that though these are written out as positive affirmations, as if it's a done deal, I've not arrived. But it's a rule of life that is helping me to order my life to make this the case. So when I say I'm patient, if I see that I'm being impatient, I say, no, move towards patience. Stop, Brian. Why are you reacting like this? Why are you getting so upset so easily? It's not about that person. You know that, right? It's about you. It's about me. I've got to deal with me. You've got to deal with you. I'll deal with me. But when I'm reacting, when, I, when I'm upset with the person who's dry, cutting me off and I'm, all kinds of things, it says more about me than it says about anyone else. 
I love the family of believers. I'm not going to go through every bullet point here. I'm just going to start giving you highlights. I love the family of believers. And I have some statements that relate to the family of believers and encouraging and giving of my time to those. I love the lost. I intentionally develop relationship with pre-Christians that I might win them to Christ and some other statements about uh, just loving on my neighbors. Uh, I'm a good steward of my body. I exercise. I, I'm, I'm, I'm physic- I am physically fit. I look at you're not so fit these days, but, but I say that because I want to move towards it. It's a value. I'm a good steward of my time. Somebody's going, Pastor Brian, you never arrive on time. But I have as one of my statements, I do not procrastinate. I do not waste time. I arrive early for appointments. I'm a Jamaican, you know. I don't know where I come from, yard, right? <laughs> I'm a good steward of my resources. We give of our income to the work of the Lord. We, we're generous. We avoid credit card debt. We're debt-free. I'm growing intellectually. I read a wide variety of books regularly. I'm knowledgeable of, of, about world affairs. I'm growing as a leader. I, I lead by following hard after Christ. I'm willing to take risks. I, I'm willing to go where I'm asking others to go. I'm raising up other leaders. So again, this is just my rule of life. Now, yours might look different. But you have to know what your values are. If you don't know what your values are, you can't do this. It takes some time. You know, again, I want to encourage you this week as you go through the, your, your small group. Uh, and if you've not begun reading Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, it's not too late for you to buy the book. You know, I was talking with Lisa earlier today, and she was just, you know, I was asking her for feedback as she was, she's been leading a couple of groups, and she was saying, the one thing that we really need is to ask people to read the book. And I agree. Uh, it's not too late for you to get that and to, and to work through it. You know, church, we, we have not arrived individually, none of us. And as a church, we certainly have not. We're pressing into becoming the kind of people that the world looks at and says, these people are sent from God. God loves these people and they love one another. And the way we love and what we're telling the kids to love God and love people requires an emotional maturity. And that requires that we know where we're going so let me, let me close with this because, you know, I, I was talking with Mike this past week about this as well and saying, you know, I've talked to so many people about this and not everyone, at least most people have not taken the steps to do that. And I, I don't want any of you to feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a lesser Christian if I don't or anything like that. I'm speaking out of my experience to, to say to each one of you, structure helps us to focus. If we have no boundaries, we will tend to flounder. But I want to close with this to say, if it feels burdensome for you, perhaps it's not for you. Maybe not this stage of life. I love the words of the Lord Jesus. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I am not trying to put a weight on you, nor would I, I know the Lord is not trying to put a weight on you either. But I do want to continually press you and challenge you to become everything God wants you to be. And my own life experience is that this is one of those things that has been a blessing to have a rule of life that we live by, that's tailored to us, that can be changed and, and modified as years go on, as life situations change but that we need that trellis.
to become the vine, become just like the vine. We're going to continue in worship here. As we do so, if you need to pray with anyone, uh, we'll have those at the rear of the room who will be available to pray with you. Maybe you want to make a commitment to say, Jesus, I, I, you know, I, I want to take that first step. I, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I, I want to start by just spending some extended time with you to start me on this rule of life. I know that I need structure. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you just have a physical need. Maybe you've got a relational need. No matter what it is, take advantage of the opportunity to to pray with others today. But again, I want to thank you, church, for going through this series with us. And I know that we're changing. Remember to give some feedback on those uh, communication cards today. We want to, again, consider what we'll do for the second part of this course. Uh, But again, blessings to your church. And be a blessing. Father God, thank you so very much for your goodness and your grace to us. Thank you for continually working in us that which is good. Thank you, Father, that you have modeled for us through our Lord Jesus what it looks like to live a life of discipline and order. Lord, I again thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray, God, for that one person who may still be questioning what it means to follow Jesus. If that's you, I just... Uh, make sure that you speak with one of us afterwards, that you take those intentional steps to say, I've got questions, and to know that Haven is a safe place, the place that you can ask those questions. I pray blessing over each one of us, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen.